Hello, everybody, and welcome to Office Hours here at the CDD. Our topic today is decreasing stress while living with autism and social distancing. Is it possible? Um, I feel so grateful today to be here with such a wonderful team of professionals. Um, with us today, we have Kristen Redhorse, Dr. Mary Beth Graham, Dr. Michelle Amolo, and Dr. Seema Jacob. All of these wonderful people are on our wellness team here at the CDD. And I would just like to say thank you so much, everyone, for being here and, and helping us helping the community answer some questions. Um, our wonderful community here in New Mexico, they're doing their best that they can do and, and having your support and help with some of the things that are coming up is super valuable. So the questions we have, while they're unique, there's a similar thread running through all of them. But if it's okay with you all, I would I think I'd just like to go ahead and start with a one at a time so we can really just kind of address, answer some of these, just singularly, some of the things might overlap, but I, I do understand that. Um, and we can just have a group conversation. How does that sound to everyone? Sounds great. Sounds good. Sounds, sounds, sounds good. good. All right. So our first question we have today is, my child is extremely stressed out with all of the recent changes in therapies in school. How do I help her cope with the extra stress? Mm, such a great question. A big one. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll start the conversation and then we could uh, pass it around. I think maintaining some sense of structure and predictability in their daily routine will really help ease some of that um, difficulty, which is changes in therapy and possibly working into the routine activities that they would normally be participating in associated with that therapeutic activity, like whether it's OT or um, speech, like just doing some activities that they are familiar with that maybe perhaps that therapist can make a recommendation for and putting it in the same time and place, uh, well, not place, but the same time um, throughout their, right. their week. So again, just a basic kind of um, predictability and structure as much as, as much as possible. I would, that would be the first, okay. the first thing I would say to start off the conversation. I think another awesome. big one is also, um, you know, acknowledging that this is stressful. It is stressful for for us as adults, even with, you know, our developed brains and you know, right. thinking about, you know, what, how your children are sitting with all of the stress, you know, they, they see you getting stressed, they see all the people in their lives getting stressed. So they know it's something different, right? Their, right. their schedules are different, their routines are different. So I would, I would really emphasize like, recognize that this is also stressful for your children, no matter how old they are, you know, and children, they respond to stress in such different ways, you know, they might get more clingy or very anxious, they might get angry, they might get irritable, they might have other behaviors that you don't think, you know, they sort of exhibit like bed bedwetting or withdrawing. Right. So recognizing, one, that they're also equally stressed 
and they might not be able to verbalize it as efficiently as we adults might, um, but that, that they're also stressed in this situation. We're all stressed. And so try to respond to your child in a supportive way, you know, you know, give them extra love, give them extra time, extra attention. I think one of the pieces at one of the, you know, trauma webinars that I attended, you know, I love what that, what that facilitator said. They said, it's not what's wrong with you. It's what's happening to you. It's what's happening to us. And so acknowledging that. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Such yeah, a great point, Seema. Yeah. And just to echo, none of this is normal. And exhaustion is real. And exhaustion in adults can look really different from exhaustion in kids. In adults, we want to collapse and fall onto the couch or crawl into bed. And exhaustion in kids can look like they're really amping up and they don't know what to do with themselves. And so being kind to yourselves and realizing that sometimes it means suspending what you think you have to do in the moment. Mm -hmm. Just remembering, like, we're here we're together. Maybe we just need to be for a minute. And mm-hmm. all of the things I think I have to do for my child um, can happen in another five minutes or 10 minutes or an hour. Um, and it's just about kind of coming back to the moment and remembering um, it's all going to be okay. Um, you're not going to fail if you don't do something according to a certain timeline. Um, Cause I think I know we get wedded into schedules and routines and keeping them on track. And that's the guideline. That's the overarching picture um, so that there is structure, so that there is predictability. But if it doesn't happen exactly as you've laid it out, it's okay. It's okay. That, that is so powerful. And it, it brings me back to what we talked about last week. Now, so many therapies, um, ABA, early intervention, um, the speech OT, all of these things are being provided online. And so parents are feeling really stressed out. Gosh, what if I don't get this done? What if um, this isn't happening this way? Or the next day I have ABA and I haven't done the homework. And that's such a powerful gift you just gave somebody is it's okay to say you haven't done that. And mm-hmm. so. Yeah. And in a way that you can help kiddos understand the, you know, the changes or when things don't go as planned or when the routine is out of whack is mm-hmm. even if it's with a visual schedule, you could work in like a surprise or a, you know, <laughs> here's an, a moment where this is not what's predictable and to really teach them to be able to handle when things shift and change unexpectedly by, by literally working it into a visual support that could be on the schedule. You know, because we don't, we don't know, uh, but children with, with autism and other disabilities, sometimes they just have a hard time dealing with that unpredictability. So having it a way that you, you teach it is also a really great, um, a great tool to work into it. I read something. Oh, sorry, Mary Beth. I read something um, and it, it's good for kids and it's good for the big people too, is to keep things simple and to keep things fun, and I might add to keep things light, everything feels so heavy. And as we're trying to find our way through establishing new routines, 
you don't have to add a hundred new things. Um, and that helps you set yourself as the adult in the household that sets you up for success. Um, and then keeping your sense of humor because things are going to change and be unpredictable. And, um, and with kiddos who are feeling stress and anxiety, you know, a good laugh can be one of the big relievers. And I think that's something that happens naturally for families uh, when things are going well, but trying to create some of that fun and light atmosphere can really help for everyone. Yeah. All such great ideas. And I, it brings me back to my own experience with my own kiddo with autism. And as, as we, we started our transition home, we didn't know a timeline. And then all of a sudden it became really apparent that we needed to create that routine. Like you're speaking about, um, we need to create that routine and it just couldn't be. And, and my child's able to give some feedback verbally and let us know what he needs in his day. But gosh, it's really decreased a lot of stress. But for myself, we didn't, we didn't pick that up right away. We, we went a couple weeks. And so now we're on our first week of that, that good schedule, but having that, that feedback that it's okay if we don't quite get to whatever mm -hmm. is on there, that it's really, really helpful. Um, I appreciate that. We, you know, what, go one, ahead. One of the other pieces that I keep thinking about is how do we have simple conversations with our kids and sort of also involve them sort of in creating this sort of um, schedule or scheduling things that might be fun for them. And so, you know, I, I think it's very also important for families to talk about what's happening in very simple words, right? And, you know, people might you know, there is this virus and there are lots of amazing resources that's put out, you know, it's, it's all over the internet about how can you talk about what is happening about coronavirus, what's happening in, you know, in this day and age about COVID-19, you can use visuals, but giving them very clear information about this disease and how to reduce the risk of being infected. So something as simple as, you know, we are trying to be safe, right? So our physical safety is very important. And how do we do this? So mommy and daddy or mommies and daddies or grandpas and grandmas, right? We're, we're staying away from each other physically, but we can still connect. We can talk. We can use, you know, phone. We can use video chat. So giving them very clear information about what it is and what you're doing to be safe and reassuring them, you know, when you're giving this information. So you know, if someone may not feel well, then they might have to go to the hospital for some time so that doctors can help them feel better, right? So mm -hmm. giving them also simple information about facts. Also having a discussion, okay, what else can we do that can be fun? Can we take a walk around the block? And when we're doing that, maybe we can notice, you know, the grass so we could notice, oh, how many stones, like giving them concrete things that they might like to do that is fun for them, that is playful, and you guys can do together. Right. I love that idea, Seema. Just to piggyback off of that, um, to help them first identify what are their own signs of stress that are might be building, and then to pick activities like what you're saying yes. that could help 
de-escalate them or bring them down or bring them to a sense of calm and having it like as in your toolbox. Okay, I'm starting to feel stressed. What are some things that you've identified can that can really help you bring it back down? Going for a walk, taking, you know, time to just be alone or whatever it is. So I think really helping children identify their warning signs of stress and then things that they can do to help them, you know, calm back down. And then alongside of what you were mentioning with understanding the virus, there's a great resource, um, a social story about COVID. I don't know if you guys have seen it, um, but we're we're more than happy to share that with folks to, so they could help them understand, you know, some of these things that might be difficult for them to, to get in a, in a form of a social story. If, if Michelle and Seema brings up something for me, I, I was talking with a family and, and they were saying that within their schedule, they have it planned three times a day, a long walk. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so they know that they're doing it sort of preemptively. Okay, walks are helpful. So we're going to just schedule it in. We're going to fit it in between work. We're going to fit it in between all the other things that are coming mm-hmm but that's what we know. So that's great. I need to do that too. I need to schedule (laughs) myself three walks a day. That's great. Uh, Mom was saying, gosh, I feel like all we do is walk, but it works. So we're going to keep it up. You know, I, my friend of mine recently made a post and it reminds me exactly what you're saying, Jamie. And it was something like a walk fixes a lot. It was just so simple. A walk fixes a lot. And it's, it's true. It, it helps to just reset and to shift your immediate atmosphere and to calm down and to connect with nature. It's, just, it's pretty powerful just taking a simple walk. Absolutely. So, so let's, let's move on to our adult question. Um, we have a question from um, an individual who's an adult on the spectrum and their question is what, and it's, there's a question within it. Um, This person said, I'm an adult on the spectrum and I'm so stressed out about the changes that keep happening. One day the information says one thing and then it's totally changed with the next information update. Um, I'm feeling anxious and I just want to know what to expect. Is there anything extra? Like I said, there's, there's a theme, a thread running through all of these, but is there anything we could help this individual with? There's probably a lot of individuals that feel this way, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'll start off with that. I think it's a normal response that we're all feeling because things do change day to day. Um, We don't know what to expect. Now, there are lots of different news sources. There are lots of different ways to get information. We're inundated all the time. Um, And there's different viewpoints. Um, So I think... Some of it, and it kind of, this is a nice flow from the last question because the group that, that I'm a part of in terms of kids with autism and anxiety, there are, they're kind of split right down the middle. Half the kids are really stressed out and half the kids are not. And it's the parents and the adults who are feeling the stress. Um, and it's kind of listening to what they're doing in terms of limiting their exposure to the news, limiting what they read, choosing their activities very deliberately um, about kind of what they want to bring into their mind and what they want to bring into their day, um, controlling. I mean, I think the the overarching theme is it feels so out of control. Like we're battling an invisible enemy 
um, by staying home. And there's a certain lack of control. Like you're in your home, you can control the things in your home sometimes. Um, but there's a larger piece of unknowing and especially when it's not supported with consistent, predictable, reliable information that stays the same because the bigger sources don't know, you know? So focusing on the things that you can control and the things that do help keep you grounded and stay kind of within. And it, you know, we talking about being, keeping it simple. Kristen talked about don't create big things for yourselves right now. Um, It's, it's a time of just settling and keeping it simple and connecting with your family and being in tune with, with what you need. Um, And so sometimes that's hard to do because life in general keeps us busy and distracted from ourselves and we don't focus on us. Um, And so this is a forced time Mm -hmm. of, focus and then for some people it's hard because all the things that we don't want to think about in our minds when they get activated are front and center and the stress is real um so acknowledging the things that bring you joy that help keep you calm that um are your interests that you like to do um don't judge yourself and think i have to stop doing this or i shouldn't all those shoulds and shouldn'ts and you're in your home. You can be however you want to be. <laughs> right. Right. That's so wonderful. I, I finding those things that make you happy. And that's, uh, I keep hearing that, 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 you know, we're in this place and it feels real big, but finding those things and simple and small, it don't have to be grand or big. Um, we have, Um, Our next question here um, is really from from a parent, and they're asking, with the stress of managing everything, I don't even know where to begin or how to find time to take care of myself. What has helped other parents of kids with autism? I I often find parents um, that that see that uniqueness in parenting somebody with autism and it just feels like gosh somebody that gets it somebody that is is living in my shoes do you all have or ideas or have heard from other family members of things that work can you repeat the last part of that question um, the parent would like to know things that work to help manage their stress did i hear that correctly their own stress Um, so with the stress of managing everything, I don't even know where to begin or how to find the time to take care of myself. What has helped other parents? I think, I think in this day and age, and it goes back to, again, what we talked about last week, where parents are working at home, parents are being therapists at home, parents are being parents at home, and they have all these different hats, right? But then it's, the stress is big for everyone, as you all have said, and so for this, for these, uh, this individual or, or people who are parenting, how do they take care of themselves when everything is yeah. kind of, you're giving, giving, giving? Yeah. I had a family last week that, or in the, one of the last few weeks, it's hard to know when it happened, <laughs> um, but right. they um, gave themselves permission 
to ask for a shorter session with one of their scheduled therapies so that they could have a date at home and make dinner together. And there was just a happiness and a freedom that I saw for them that they just took a break, you know, and, and recognized that, hey, this is something that's good for us in, in regular times, in normal times, and, and this is something we enjoy doing. So I think giving yourself permission to ask for a break and even scheduling those things with other members of your family um, and for yourself. So committing to some time for yourself that's special and knowing that it is okay to take a break. Sometimes I think that's one of the hardest things is allowing yourself to do that. And I think to realize that if your cup is empty and when it gets empty, there's nothing more that you can give. So you have to find ways um, to fill your cup. And so, you know, committing just as you're committing to your kids, this is also a commitment to your kids that you take, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, you know, whatever you can afford. If it's, you know, a couple of five minutes during the day or a couple of 10 minutes during the day, have some daily me time and engage in sort of activities that bring you joy, that bring you um, a sense of, you know, relaxation, connecting with yourself, be it reading something or listening to some music or, you know, doing some gardening time, like whatever it is that sort of, you know, fills your cup, you know, you need to, you need to commit to do that Mm -hmm. Um, because it's, it's very important. Because that's the, that is the only way, you know, your cup can keep giving if you fill your cup. Because if your cup's empty, you won't be able to give. There's nothing more to give. So powerful. Seema, as you're talking, I also, there are parents, I'm sure, that are listening whose children are, are the behaviors are hard. And the need to monitor and provide supervision constantly is the reality. And those are the moments and the days that run into each other where you realize I, I didn't do anything for myself. I forgot to eat. Um, I had to go to the bathroom for <laughs> so long. And then I, it was finally, I just, you know, I, I, I took him with me because I needed to make sure he was safe. And so, you know, a lot of, a lot of parents talk about not wanting to have their kids on electronics and to do things or to engage in some, of the repetitive kind of things that when you're handling and and raising and loving a child with autism, um, you get a lot of conflicting messages about how to intervene with or how to help them socialize and look more normal and fit in and all of the messages that are given. But a part of it too is it's okay if they're on electronics a little more, it's okay if they're doing things that, that give them peace and within that, and that's not really something you can predict or plan for, but when it happens, step outside, feel the sun on your face, even if it's just for two minutes, breathe. Um, if, it's, if it's just shaking it out, if it's going, ah, <laughs> whatever it takes to dancing it out, like, you know, allowing yourself those moments when you know your child is safe and you can relax into them because they're occupied 
for a brief period of time, maximize that. I'm, I'm reminded just of when, when babies are little, you know, and, and you don't know when you're going to get those moments because schedules aren't necessarily predictable or on track. And when they happen, it's sometimes hard because you think, oh, there's a million other things I should do, like clean the kitchen or put the clothes away or throw a load in or, but you're also on that priority list of, of to do. And that to do means taking care of yourself so that like Seema said, your cup is full. That this is all so big. And, and I say it from that parent perspective and there's so much guilt all the time about my child shouldn't be on electronics. I should be putting in the laundry right now while I have a minute and, and hearing you say that, that, you're you're important if your cup is empty is so big and wow just appreciate that um another piece is also using your tribe of people right all these meaningful relationships that you have um and i know right now in the in the era of social distancing well physical distancing you, you need to be socially connected. So if, even if it's one individual that you have in your life, physically present or away from you, connect with them, you know, find ways to talk to them, even if it's a space of just venting how hard or how crappy the day is or venting your guilt around, you know, I didn't get to do whatever I need to. Use it, use it. You know, it's, it's, it's we're, we're, we're humans. You know, we make mistakes, you know, have a safe space and, you know, don't, don't feel guilty about seeking out those relationship or calling that relate, you know, if they are your tribe, right, they will support you if they hear you, but find those meaningful relationships, find your tribe of people. They can be people within your family, outside your family, you know, people that you've met, um, you know, through your children's school, you know. They're meaningful people in your life. One thing that I've heard along that note that a, a really cool thing a family was doing is they they can't be close in with their with their group of people right now. But something that the family's doing is a grandma or somebody is reading a book over FaceTime or whatever to the child every day. And then because the child is drawn to screens, they're, they're attending to it. And the fam and the parent has this little bit of time to, to be. And so hopefully, again, that's one of those other moments that you can then take for yourself. Right. Right. And I think, you know, take advantage of all those opportunities, right? Someone says, you know, can I, you know, can we watch this video together on, you know, on Skype or Zoom? Absolutely. You know, take advantage of that because you need that time to, you know, fill your cup up. You need to have a break. And also along the the same lines of um, what many of you were saying around not being able to find the time. Maybe you can't if your child is having a lots of behaviors and it becomes challenging, you know, not to underestimate the power of just one conscious breath, just pausing wherever you are, you know, just integrating those more informal mindfulness practices that could just happen in any given moment, like really using whatever it is that just takes a split second, a second, two seconds to just bring yourself back down a little bit, you know, and that could just be really powerful too. 
That, uh, that brings us right into our, our final question that we have today. Um, and it's about mindfulness because um, this person says, everyone talks about mindfulness helping with stress, but I've never tried it myself. Um, I have a son with autism and I rarely have time to myself now that we are stuck at home. And I, I think that word stuck is so powerful because that's how people are feeling. Um, I know mindfulness would be helpful for me and my son. Do you have to take a class to learn some simple mindfulness practices? Kristen, <laughs> I'm thinking of your webinar this afternoon. I know. I think... Um... I, I think one of the most exciting things for me about mindfulness is that honestly we have all the tools we need without a, a special device or um, there are lots of tools. There are a lot of, of amazing apps that make um, establishing a practice of mindfulness easier. There's some great right now. There's so many free online resources and um, we're going to share those. We'll make that available to folks. Um, but knowing that you can start right now, like Michelle just said a second ago with your breath um, and breathing and just slowing it down or speeding it up. And it's something you can do for yourself and you can do with your children. You can do it as a, a household. Um, gratitude is a fantastic mindfulness practice. And it's something that you can just stop and freeze and take a moment to think of even one thing that you're grateful for. Um, and that is a mindfulness practice because mindfulness is about being aware. Uh, there are, just using your senses to pay attention to one thing at a time. You know, what are the sounds that I'm hearing right now? What am I seeing? Uh, what am I feeling in my body? All those things are just paying attention to what's happening for you right now. Um, and I think that's a great place to start. Um, and it doesn't have to be fancy. Um, and I think the other thing to remember is that they call it a mindfulness practice because it's something you keep practicing forever <laughs> and you don't have, you're not going to be a pro because it's a practice. And I love that. It's such a gift because that's forgiving. Um, and I encourage this parent with this question just to start even with uh try three times today to stop and take three deep breaths. You know, that, that is starting your practice and you don't need anything else to begin that. Mm -hmm. um, you guys want to jump in with other thoughts? Yeah, I'll jump right in and piggyback off of what you were saying and, and taking the three breaths by themselves or even doing it as a family or even doing it, um, you know, with, with your child and, and, again, with the a visual support, even with your hands, like breathing in as your hands expand, right? And then exhaling as they, as they collapse and just doing that whenever you feel it's needed. And, and maybe even having the child teach, you know, that your child to request mom, hey, I think we need to take three, brief, three deep breaths together, you know, like just have it be something that is there, either as a tool for yourself as a parent or for 
an opportunity for you and your child to connect to just take a moment to, to do some breathing together. And to keep doing it because sometimes it's not the first time or the fifth time or the 20th time that your child will participate and get it. But if there is that, I see mom or dad or auntie or whoever is in their lives doing this thing every day and they're, they're doing the same thing and you keep it calm and you keep it, you do it for yourself and then they see the benefit and then they slowly gravitate to what are you doing or maybe without words and they just start imitating you. And then it becomes a, a way of connecting because, you know, kids don't always do what we want them to do the first time. Some do. Um, and the more verbal ones are able to give us a little insight into their own inner worlds in a way that some of the kids who can't do that aren't able to. And so it's about behavior and it's about kind of staying the course and you do it because it's helpful to you. And if it spills over and then, then you have an added benefit. Um, and sometimes, and it's, I guess I'm very present with a family who's really dealing with a lot of challenging behaviors, but being grateful for, there's tantrums and there's ways in which you have to keep your children safe. And sometimes it's a way of, I'm grateful for my strong arms that can hold my child. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a visual that I'd love to share with everybody. And then also the community that a, actually a dance movement therapist created that I often use um, in working with children who have difficulty regulating or, and it's called the four B's of self settling. And the first B is breaks. And, you know, you just keep, put your two hands together and you just kind of break and pause. And the next B is taking a breath and you take a breath and the next B is brain. And you put your hand on top on your head, on your head and whatever positive affirmation you need to tell yourself, I can calm down. Um, And then the last B is heartbeat. And then you have them just check in to see if their heartbeat has gotten slower. So it's just this wonderful little exercise that you can do that incorporates the breath, you know, really checks in with what's going on with your thoughts and, and then helps to self, you know, regulate, like learning how to really tune in with your heartbeat to see if it has gotten slower or faster or what's, what's going on. So I'm happy to share that with, with everybody and and the community. It's a really great visual to teach um, families and, and children to use. And I think tying all of this too is then acceptance, right? Like even if you're not able to do it for as much time as you scheduled it to be okay with that and that you give yourself the permission to sort of try it again, you know, um, another, you know, moment in the day, another day and to try out different things that might help. Cause you know, I know sometimes for me sort of just sitting in a space actually makes me very sleepy. So then I need to do something active. So whether it's walking, you know, around and watching sort of, you know, just being very purposeful around attending to, you know, what my feet's feeling under the floor or, you know, what is around me, what I'm smelling sort of just more active sort of kinds of mindfulness activities, but accepting wherever you are, you know, um, okay. okay. It's okay. Yeah. And I think movement is a great way thinking about Seema, what you were saying, Michelle, what you were saying. And then what we talked about earlier, the, the family who takes three walks a day, that, 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 
that probably is their mindfulness practice because there are, and, and, and you can, with young children or older children, you can set a theme for your walk and that brings your awareness to one certain thing while you're walking. And it might be, wow, when I walk in this part of the yard or on, in this part of the neighborhood, it feels this way under my feet. And it's just raising that a level of awareness um, and moving. Mindfulness doesn't have to be stopped and frozen. And I think that's something that is hard to imagine for a lot of parents right now. There's probably a lot of movement in their house, you know, and, <laughs> and, and how can it become this opportunity for some awareness and, and it, can it be regulating and I think the answer is for a lot of people, movement is, is what works for them rather than sitting. And I think the overarching piece, you know, like somebody said, don't let perfectionism be the enemy of what is possible. So, you know, you don't have to do it perfectly all the time. You know, give yourself the permission to do it. And it might not be the perfect thing. It might not work out perfectly, but it's okay. It's okay. This, the success is you attempted, you're trying different things and you're figuring it out. your body, you, you know, all of you are figuring out what works best for you and your family. You all, I, I can't think of a better way for us to end up today with on that note. Um, that was so beautiful. And man, I just really think the, <laughs> You've given people permission for forgiveness and what a gift all of that is. And everybody's so stressed out right now and, and have, has so many things going on, but we've talked about three questions or four questions today, but um, I can see what you talked about just flowing to so many people. So thank you all so much for being here and, and, giving your time to the community and, and really making a difference for people living with autism um, and those affected with autism. So I appreciate you all. Thank you. Thank you very much for having Thank us. You. We're very Thank grateful you. and we're honored to do this. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much.